Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to another episode of Fight Like a Girl. It's just little old me today because Lottie is, I was going to say overseas, but she's currently, I guess she's overseas. She's traveling back from the US currently. So you guys have me, lucky you. I do apologize for my nasally tones though, because like the rest of the country, I feel like I've literally had the flu for like a month probably longer actually. So it's all about that, but you're not going to have to listen to my voice for the entire episode because guess what? We are back with part two of the dating funnel. And before we get stuck into the episode, I do just want to say that you guys were absolutely killing me with your messages after listening to part one of this episode. I I really just have no words because it just feels like everyone is just getting a real kick out of our dating misfortunes, which is fine. It's cool. As long as somebody's getting the laugh out of it, that's (laughs) all that matters. But in all seriousness, we do really love all of the feedback that you guys provide after each of the episodes. And you know what? Keep it coming. We also love any topic suggestions because we want to make sure that we're pumping out content that you guys actually want to listen to. So keep on sliding into those DMs and I'm going to stop torturing you with this block nose now. So let's get into the episode. I want the unicorn I signed up for. Interesting. Um segue there Rav have either of you ever been catfished like that like I've definitely been vibe fished like I match with this guy on um I met like I have a very specific type and if you're a musician in Melbourne's inner north you're it basically but um I got yeah vibe fished by this guy like his profile like he looked like my kind of type I get there and I'm like no absolutely not like you are just we there's just no way that this would work like you are 
a bit of a homebody. You absolutely just, you know, he has like one social outing a week, that sort of thing. And just wasn't my my kind of type, but like gave off this, like, it was like somebody else wrote his dating profile for him. I was about to ask you that. Like, how did you get to the point of actually meeting up with him if there was no vibe on the app. Well, obviously my qualification process wasn't as I was stringent just about as it to say should have that. been. You should have asked better discovery questions. I know. I got happy ears. What can I say? I think I was just hopeful. Like I think that obviously like communication is key in a job like ours. So mm. you have to be like you have to have really well written communication. Obviously you have to be able to communicate verbally quite well. So I was just like, well maybe like that's just not who he is. Like I've mm. gone on dates with guys who I've had a fucking cracker of a time with who are fucking woeful at texting. You don't even know yeah. how to use like punctuation. So yeah, I just, again, gave him the benefit of the doubt and then it was just mainly doubt. What did you do as your first date? Went to the pickup pub. It's just oh, like right. my lucky, my lucky pub. And I wasn't, it was not lucky that night. I think this is why you, your first date has to be something that's low risk because of that reason. Like, yeah. I can't mm. do first dates as dinners. Nah. We just got drunk. There were no, there was no dinner. I'd never eaten our first date. I used to, before I got married and everything, the dates that I was going on then weirdly all happened to be dinner dates. Like I was younger then. And it's it's funny how you're like the way that you date just morphs over the years. So when I was mm. younger, I thought dating meant you had to go out to dinner and drinks and rah, 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 like the full shebang. And anyone who didn't want to do that, I was instantly writing them off. Whereas now it's the other way around. And somebody who wants to go to dinner, usually I'm like, nah, don't want to. Going out for drinks is you know, it's it's a good vibe check thing to do. It's low commitment. Mm. You don't have to be there for that long. And that's that's what got me out of a situation like that once. I haven't been really, I would say, catfished, catfished. Like it's like I said, it's always been the same person. You can tell it's them just like maybe 10 years ago. But yeah. I fucking get hype fished all the time. Oh, yeah. I feel like this is really common. Firstly, if, if it's an app where you don't have to have your height, that's on me, right? Like I'm taking the risk. I'm trying to use, like I'm trying to eyeball your photo to see if you're going to be taller than me. And if I fuck that up, that's on me. However, on apps like Bumble and Hinge, like you put your height on there. So if you're telling me that you're five foot 10 and you're standing there and you're shorter than me, one of us is lying and it's not me. Yeah, I'm only five foot four, but I went on a date with a guy who said that he was five foot ten recently and like didn't have to bend down to kiss me. And I was like, oh yeah, because I'm not really, I'm not wearing heels. So yeah, I feel like it happens all the time. But then like you read all the profiles where guys are like, I'm six foot three, if any of that matters. I was going to say, I did see one recently that made me laugh. I was like, this is very, very good. But this guy was like, you know, six foot, whatever. And then just wrote after it, penis dimensions. I was like, look, I will absolutely pay that because everybody is always just like, and it was on, you know, the straight people's hookup app. I think that, yeah, people are always just like, oh, you know, height matters and that sort of stuff. And I just kind of like the play on that. But Imdad, have you ever been catfished? No, but similar to Ravs, I think you can tell when someone hasn't updated their profile in maybe five or six years Mm. um, and you're a bit like, Oh, come on, man. And I think the disservice that people put themselves in is like if you're at the discovery point where you're going, hey, I want to have a, have a first date, you've done a lot of hard work for someone to go, I'm going to give you a little bit of my time yeah, 
and hang out with you. To undo that with something as trivial as your profile photos by not putting something that's up to date, Mm. um, like all of that hard work is going to go straight out the window soon as you make visual eye contact with that person. Um, And I just go, what the fuck? Like the height thing, right? You you can't hide that. So if Mm. I was like, hey, I'm seven foot, and then I rocked up and people are like, hey, you you obviously lied to me. The first thing people are going to say is like, hey, you've lied to me. That's the first impression I have of you. What else have you lied about in your profile? So I think like soon as you talk shit, don't expect a second date. Like, don't even yeah. expect that date to even fucking finish on time. You may as well pack up your things and just leave and just go, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to waste my time. I've got other places yeah. to be. That date's absolutely getting an emergency phone call from their best friend saying that uh, they need to go home. Yeah, I think, you know what, we should normalise that shit to just be like, you know what, man, like you lied. I'm I'm done. It's so hard to get out of those situations. So, like, I had an incident happen to me recently where I got age fished and I was so so offended because to your point im dad like it's something that you can't firstly that you shouldn't be lying about secondly somebody's gonna eventually find out but it just feels so misleading because when you are presenting yourself on an app and you're putting things on the app that describe who you are as a person and things like your height or your age they're facts right Mm -hmm. like it's not like i like this game maybe i'll change my mind next week Mm. sure that's that's something that's fluid your age is your age and your height is your height you get to a certain point Mm -hmm. where you're not going to grow any taller i'm sorry to break it to you (laughs) and you know you you're not fucking in harry potter you're going to continue to get older and this guy rocks up so he on his profile said he was like 30 i think he said he was 35 or 36, right? And I thought from his profile that he looked a little older, but I was like, you know, sometimes like depending on what kind of line of work people are in, like I get it, they might be in the sun a lot. He was a firefighter, so I was like maybe he's just had a hard life. So, you know, I, I and I like a weathered man. I'm not I'm not going to lie. I like it when men look weathered. So I was just like, all right, cool. We're going to go with this. And I get to the date. Firstly, he also, this is where I should have qualified him out before I met him. He also was making comments about my lips. He saw my photos and he goes, are your lips real? Or like I've had filler before. Both of you know, I'm not opposed to a little jab in the face every now and then, but I haven't for a very long time. Right. So I don't know if what my lips are right now is me or if it's still the filler, but anyway, I wasn't going to lie about it. He asked me and I was like, yeah, like I, I do get filler sometimes. And then he just goes, Hmm. Okay. And I was like, Hmm, not the answer you were looking for. Is this the guy that said that kissing women with fillers makes him jittery? Yes. <laughs> God, I love that guy. That was oh, his response. He goes, I love it. Oh, like he he apparently has had some experience with girls who've had filler and their lips felt really gross or hard or something like that. Look, I don't know. Uh, it, to me, it just sounded like, you know what? Women's bodies don't talk about them. Like I'll do what I want with my body at the end of the day. So don't tell me what to do. That really rubbed me up the wrong way. And I will have you know, my lips are fucking great. I always get compliments on my lips from the men that I kiss. I'm just going to throw that out there. So fuck you. Moving right along, I get to the date. And then this guy, we've been hanging out now for about maybe two-ish hours. He, he told me a story about his cousin and somehow age came into the equation. And I was like, oh, like how old is your cousin? And he goes, oh, he's like 33 or something. And I was like, oh, so he's not that much younger than you because you're like 35, right? And he's just like, nah. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? How old are you? 
He's like, I'm actually 43. Eight years. I was gobsmacked. I was just like, so you lied? And he's just like, yeah. And you could tell he was getting nervous because like he started sipping his drink more. And I was like... that's the beauty of being a salesperson on these um when you go on these dates because like you you like train to read people's like body language Mm. and their cues so you know when people are nervous you're like yeah you like their eye movements and stuff yeah he was sweating it because I just kept probing and probing I was like so you lied and he's just like yeah and I was like why would you lie about something like your age and then he's just like well you know people have their filters set Mm -hmm. to like 40 normally. So I just don't get a bunch of people or I just get a bunch of single mums. Hey, single mums are hot, man. They know how to get shit done. They have a quick agenda. They're in, they're out. Exactly. And I was just like, so you're trying to rot the system. I was, I was just like, honestly, in shock that this man was sitting in front of me saying these things. So I ended the date pretty swiftly after that. And this man had the audacity to text me for a second date. What did he say in the text? Let me find Get it. Get it up. Do you actually read it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, really yeah, I do. The thing that always amazes me is the balls that guys have. Knowing that a date has nosedived heavily, it's the plane has burst into flames before it hit <laughs> the ground and then just gone, they've come out of the flames and covered in soot and gone, do you want to do that again? Yeah. It's just <laughs> fucking insane to me. So we ended up meeting up on a Tuesday and then he sends me a message on the Thursday and he goes, how's your weekend looking? And I wrote a pretty like short reply back. I was like pretty busy at the moment. What about you? And then he goes, ah, cool. Well, let me know when you'd like to go out again. Did you have red receipts on? This is WhatsApp. So yes, I wrote back. So I had fun the other night. But I've been thinking about the age thing and I just want to be honest with you about how it's sitting with me. I guess it's hard for me to relate to having to lower my age to target a certain age group of people that I'm interested in. And to be honest, your age actually doesn't bother me at all, but it's the lying around it that didn't sit right with me. And I won't read the rest of it because that's, you know, the general gist of the message. But I think what really struck me as a huge deal breaker in that situation was that he told me a story that led to a follow-up question about age. If he wouldn't have told me that story, how long would I have continued to see this guy before I realised that he was actually eight years older than he said he was? Mm. He, he was not forthcoming about it at all. And that's what I said in the, in the message. Mm. Like the last part of the message was just, you know, number one, you lied. It's the principle of lying. And number two, you weren't forthcoming about this. Like I had to ask a question that led you into that. Otherwise, how long would this have gone on for before you told me? And he never messaged me back. That's a good question. So this is something I've, well, actually a lot of women have told me based on your experiences as a percentage, how much of that conversation on the first date is the guy just talking and the guy not wanting to know anything about you? I would say a majority of the time. I feel like most of the time, look, I I don't know if this is just because people do just generally like talking about themselves, but I'm very perceptive to people not asking things back. So, Mm. you know, if you're, if I'm putting in the effort to ask a question, you know, it's, it's kind of weird to me if after you've asked, if after you've answered the question, if you're not making effort to ask me something back, it doesn't have to be the same thing. Like, you know, even if you did ask the same thing, I wouldn't even be mad about that, right? Like it shows that you're still trying. It's not in everyone's DNA to just be like a great conversationalist, whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
it's the lack of effort that really the thing that breaks the camel's back in that situation. What about you, Lonnie? Yeah. What do you think? Um, I absolutely agree. Like there's nothing worse than like a like when you feel like you're interrogating somebody and it's just like a forward conversation where you're just like peppering them with questions because they don't know how to ask or like they're not using their um, active listening skills to listen mm. to what you're saying to them. And I am someone who has like wide and varying interests and, you know, I do a lot with my life and my time. And if you can't like probe me or ask me questions about that when I'm doing the same for you, like that's it's an absolute like hard no for me fucking psa guys ask fucking questions and like the low-hanging fruit low-hanging fruit hey rav have you ever gone traveling yeah i went traveling i did this this and this oh where have you gone traveling as well and that, mm. that's low-hanging fruit just ask the mm. same question back right the amount of women i've spoken to who just go i went on this date how did it go he didn't ask me any questions it was just mm. that person talking. And it just blows my mind because when we talk about, I think the next one about this is the demo. What's going mm. to get you into that demo, and from my experience anyway, has always been to get to anything beyond the first date is women generally like to feel safe and they yes. want to feel as if this person gives a shit about mm-hmm. me. They've asked questions. Yep. They try to really get under the hood because as soon as you cut that part off, I suspect Women aren't stupid and they're like, this guy just has an objective in mind, wants to get to that objective, and once that's ticked off, he'll fuck off. Mm-hmm. But if someone's really interested, that objective then becomes, hey, they really want to get to know me. It, it fascinates me that guys still haven't picked that up yet. Well, assuming that, you know, your date has done a good job and has asked very good questions, and let's assume you've been on a few good dates, getting to the juicy path, which is the demo... Ooh, what's the demo, Rav? Tell me, I don't know. The the demo could be a variety of things. I think for the three of us, it's probably just good old bonking. Okay, could a demo also include a a kiss? No, if you don't kiss on the first date, I'm not shagging you. That's it. I would probably agree with Lottie. I think if there's not a kiss on the first date, I generally assume that the person's not interested in me. Okay. And is demo also including like, you know, the the oral stuff, like anything to do in that sexual realm? Yes, yes. The demo is absolutely, it's anything, anything that is classed as sex has the word sex after it, absolutely. Yeah. It's like anything but kissing. Okay. It could also be meeting friends. This is actually probably a great question. What's your definition of the demo, Imdad? No, I think that makes sense. I I do like the idea of meeting the friends because I think that's a very, very good demo. Yeah. Um, high pressure. Like I've been mm-hmm. in situations where I've met friends and I've gone, oh, this is this is not good. Yeah. Um, however, I feel like when you're meeting friends, you might be further down the track of your potential relationship. Them. I'm assuming you've probably slept with them before you've introduced them to some of your mates potentially. But I think that's very interesting because I think that would mean more to me than mm. the actual sex. So this, if the sex was average but my mates – fucking loved you mm. and like the banter was great and we had a really good time then i was like hmm this could sway me if the sex was amazing and my friends were like i'd be like oh fuck do you think it's because like i think i have had really mediocre sex the first time with someone and then gone on to have like mind-blowingly incredible sex with them afterwards like i feel like the first time you have sex, like, unless like, you know, you just get each other from the first, like the get go. I think that there is a little bit of, 
you know, like the pressure's on and sort of navigating your way around each other's bodies and what you're interested in and things like that. But if your mates don't like them, like, fuck that. Like you're, I mean, you don't want to spend time with your friends and be in a relationship with that person. It's just going to be awful. Like, I just feel like that sexual connection is something that you can build on. But if your friends don't like them, it's done. At what point would you write it off though? Like, would you give it a couple of goes or if it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. I'll give it a couple of goes. Cause I think just the same with sex and meeting your friends, right? Like some you're nervous. You're not sure if you can be yourself. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, you're getting to meet people. Like my group of friends is quite big. And so bringing someone into that environment can be really fucking daunting. Right. Mm. Um, and you, you know, walking in going, I really hope these, this group of people like me because if they don't, yeah. I, I could be fucked here. I, I get it. But if over a period of time, if I'm, if my mates are like, Hey, like if they're honest with you and they're like, we don't vibe with this person, that's massive for me. You don't want weird tension between two loves of your life, which is your mates and yeah. the actual love of your life. That's kind of shit. So I think the sex component to what you've just said, Lottie is, if it's average and they love your friends, you can build on that, right? You can build on trust. Mm. You can open the communication barriers, all that sort of shit. I think you can sort that out. I think it's far more difficult in this point of the sales cycle to try and build, hey, like, I want you to like my friends and vice versa. I don't even mm. know how you solve that, if I'm perfectly honest. I think we're at an age too where, I mean, we're all in our early to mid-30s where you you don't have time for that bullshit. Like my friends in my life, like I, like they come first. And if you don't like them or they don't like you, and generally speaking, they are very good reads on people and situations, then I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to pick you random internet stranger who, you know, Hmm. gives amazing head. I'm not going to pick you over them. Sorry. Like, there's a million other people I can go and try to have that connection with, but I'm not. I'm not putting you first. Is that the same for you, Rev? Yeah, I would. I would say the same. It never used to be fun. Like I, I'm going to admit that for me, I have probably been pretty lucky in the sense that I usually have really good sexual chemistry with people, like straight off the bat. I, I think they wouldn't get to the demo stage if I didn't have that sort of sexual chemistry at the dates or like yeah. even after a first kiss, I think there's a lot that you can tell just from kissing somebody as well. But having said that, I have been in a situation where the sex wasn't great, but communication really turned that around. And that's definitely changed my perception on like not writing somebody off just if the sexual chemistry isn't there straight off the bat. I personally haven't had a situation where I haven't had my friends approve of someone. But having said that, I think with my ex, like I found out after we sort of broke up that a lot of my friends did have opinions of him that they just didn't share with me. So I think, you know, for any friends that are listening here as well, if the trust is there, and I think if your class is a close friend, it should be, you probably should find a way to communicate that to your friend because like Lottie has said, like Imdad has said, you know, our friends play a pivotal role in our lives. And I think it's really important for them to be transparent with us when they do get introduced to people that, they feel like may not be the best match for us. You know, like obviously you can't force people to do something, so you can't force us out of relationships. But Mm. I think the older we get, the more open we are to hearing people's perspectives and opinions on things like this because, yeah, your friends are kind of there forever. Relationships tend to 
fall off and it does take a little bit to find that one that's going to stick it through as, as long as your friends typically can do. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get dirty then. <laughs> I, I think we've done like that. That's, I, uh, that, that's where I really want to get. I'm sure everyone else wants to hear it, but from a, from a sexy time perspective, mm-hmm. um, where would you go? I, I need to, we need to end the demonstration here. Okay. I've got a great one for this. Hit me. So for me, it's jackhammering. Oh yes, absolutely! <laughs> <laughs> oh, like hard, like absolute hard yes. But in the, the yes, that means I absolutely agree with Rav. Like, if you think that that is appropriate beyond the age of eighteen, if you were not an eighteen-year-old, just you know, discovered Pornhub, there is no excuse for you to be throwing that thing around like that. Can I ask yeah. a question though? As like as a dude, I don't think I've ever jackhammered, <laughs> only because my hips aren't what they used to be. <laughs> um, but in your experiences, how recently have you experienced jackhammering? Because I just want to get an idea of age, right? Like I can imagine if someone's eighteen. Maybe early twenties, they might just have absolutely no idea what they're doing yet. If it's still happening in the thirties, I, I don't know. We need to put something out on Crime Stoppers or some shit um, <laughs> because that's that's not okay. Um, yeah, last year and the guy was thirty-one. Fuck me. Yeah. If you say like thirty-six or thirty-seven, that'll do me. I'm ending the call. For me, it was this year and the guy was like 30, 30 or thirty-one. Yeah. Something like that. Okay, I, I've never been jacked. No, he right? wasn't. Holy shit! What? He was. He was actually. He was thirty-eight. He was thirty-eight. Yeah, I'm done. I'm leaving this conversation. <laughs> I think. Um, I think this is where porn kind of has a lot to answer for, though. Like, I think that men think that that's what women want. Yeah, I think it's you know that's from a female perspective anyway. What about you, M Dad? What? <laughs> I, I yes. do have one question though. I do have oh, one God. question. <laughs> I'm so terrified of these questions. Two things I need answered is what's that feeling? Is it like, ow, like this hurts? And B, like what is happening in your brain where you're just like, like do you just go, okay, I need to somehow slow this person down or you just hope he finishes real quick or like do you say something? Like is there anything there that just makes you go, hey, time out, bro, like you're really hurting? I think that like in my most recent experience, I just obviously completely dissociate. And I'm like, let's just wrap this up, buddy. And I have um, asked previously, been like, come on, like, can you just slow it down a little bit? Like, I'm not enjoying this. But I think for some men, it's like a default. So like, you'll tell them, I don't like this. Or, hey, let's just slow it down. Like, let's just ease into it. They will just revert back to it. So yeah, most of the time you just sort of like lie back and think of the country and just hope it ends soon. Okay, PSA number two, do not fucking jackhammer, right? I can't imagine any situation where someone is jackhammering the fuck out of me and me going, this is amazing. I can't wait to do this again. Like, I just can't think of that. I'm also in awe of just, like, the inability to read the room. Oh, my yeah. God, I know. To your point, like, you asked what does it feel like, It's it almost ends up feeling like a bit of an out-of-body experience. I'm not even kidding you. Like, Oh, my God. I feel like for me, I'm quite a tall person, so a lot of the times these people are quite big, like they're big men. So from like a purely like power dynamic, there's not a lot you can do to stop it. I know that sounds mm-hmm. fucked, but it's like it's just going to happen unless you literally say, hey, stop, and then I would like to 
think that most men would stop. All men should stop. I just feel like when you're in that moment, sometimes it's really hard to say that. And you're kind of just like, because it's sometimes you just can't believe that it's happening. Like for me, when it's happened, I'm actually, I think I go into a little bit of shock because I'm just like, I can't believe that this is actually happening and that somebody would think that this is meant to be good. Mm. And then I'm just hoping that it just finishes really quick. And I've communicated this back to somebody before. So the person that I was talking about, I was actually very interested in dating this person longer term. And I actually said to them afterwards, not straight away, but like, in a conversation a couple of days later, I provided some like constructive feedback and his response was, well, that's just how I like to have sex. Get fucked. Are you serious? Yep. And like, if you don't have the wherewithal, especially as a 38 year old man to a take on constructive feedback and like want to please your lover, like there's nothing greater than bringing pleasure to another person. What are you in? It? Like obviously you're in it because you're a fucking narcissist who just wants to get off. But like, oh, it's just the mind boggles. So we've done the demo or the dance rather. Kind of been on a few dates or a few hookups. Some feelings may be developing. So we're at the review and negotiation stage. Are we the right fit for each other? So what conversations are we having? Like, what are we going through at this stage, guys? Probably the biggest question to ask at this stage is more, when are we having this conversation? I feel like, I don't know if men feel this way, but I know for me being a hetero woman, the question that pops into my mind is always, Usually, you know, the everything that we've spoken about up until this point can either happen very quickly or it can happen very slowly. But once it's happened, when are you having that conversation with the other person to say, hey, what are we doing here? Where is this going? Are we mm. going to define it? So for me, I don't know what the answer to that is because mm. I think when you're younger, everyone has these weird like milestones in their mind where it's like, don't have sex until the third date or whatever it might be. Or I was listening to a podcast today where somebody said, if you've been seeing each other for a month and you haven't had the conversation, like, what are you doing? But how do you know when is the right time? And I mean, like seeing someone for a month might be, we went on a first date and then I went overseas for three weeks and then came back and had another date. Like, I think for me, it's, you know, like the vibe is there, like you, you know, like there's variety in like what it is you're doing with each other as well. Like it's pretty easy to define like what, you know, just like a casual hookup ongoing sort of situation is versus like this could potentially be something serious. I think it's when you do start developing those feelings and you're like, okay, I'm at risk of being hurt here if I don't have this open conversation or, you know, like you thinking to yourself, okay, yep, like I'm ready to delete my profile off the apps or I don't want you to be seeing other people, those sorts of things. I think that it's, it is something that is quite organic. I think you're right. Like, I don't think that there is the structure around it that it was when we were kids. Like, you know, you read Girlfriend in Dolly magazine and you're right. Like, don't shag on the first date or make him wait or, you know, wait three days before you call them and all that sort of bullshit. But I think it's when it feels organic. And I think that there's also a vibe that you're feeling as well. Like, like I said before, like you're pretty, you know, you're able to differentiate like what a situation is for one from the other. But if you feel yourself getting a little bit more sucked in, 
that you're like contemplating what it is you want. And obviously like you're fantasizing about what dress you're going to wear down the aisle. That's probably when you want to have that conversation. What about you and dad? So this can be quite a complex one. Cause I think in the dating world, we're, all, we're talking to maybe let's just say probably at a bare minimum, maybe two or three people at any one time. Right. Mm-hmm. And my rule of thumb has always been, and it's that moment when you start to go, I'm putting all my energy into this person. I get excited by this person and we we have very open communications. We might send each other good morning texts or good night texts, or we talk quite regularly. And I think once you start to realize that you don't really want to put your energy anywhere else, um, I've always been a very big believer in just that open communication. You can throw it down and be like, hey, look, I'm just letting you know, I don't feel like talking to other people right now. Like, And how you respond to that is completely up to you. So if you're like, oh, yeah, cool, man, like I'm on the same page, that's totally cool with me. Or if someone's like, yeah, I'm, I'm still dating as well, um, I, I'm still talking to maybe two or three people, but you're the one that I'm still putting a lot of my energy into. I'm not ready to make this exclusive yet, but that's just where I'm at. I think it's always good to have those sense checks, like, hey, where are we at? And I don't think you should, I don't think there should be a time limit. I think anytime someone says, oh, mm-hmm. it's been a month, you have to do this. I think yeah. if you hit it, I think if you hit a year though, you should probably <laughs> be going, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. But I think if you have a month and you're like, oh my God, we've been dating for a month, like settle the fuck down, right? Because the one thing I've noticed in my past relationships and talking to other people is that when you don't have this conversation, no one has any idea what the fuck is going on. Mm. And then- and then someone's like hooking up with someone else. And then you're like, oh, did you hook up with someone else? I thought we were something. And it's like, well, we never had a conversation. So yeah. I'm just assuming we're dating. Um, remove all of the doubt and just have, just be open um, and you'll avoid a lot of hurt. I think you hit the nail on the head. And that was probably the most succinct and eloquent answer to that question. And one that I would like you to write down and uh, text me so that I can uh, put it in my notes folder about. <laughs> my notes folder in my phone that is progressing this relationship forward. I think that that is a hundred percent correct. Yeah. I think also just to add to from a female perspective to what you said him dad, like completely agree with what Lottie said. Um, And I think, you know, this is probably a PSA to women. You need to embrace the risk because I think what a lot of women are really scared of doing is asking that question because of the answer that they're going to get. Um, And I don't know if men are the same, but I know as a woman who's been in that position before, I have been on different pages to somebody because I was too afraid to ask that question. And I almost think if you're too afraid to ask the question, that's kind of an answer in itself. You probably already know what the answer is going going to be. A hundred percent agree with you on that one, Rav. And I think like to your point as well, like I know who you're talking about in that specific scenario, I think that, you know, if you had asked that question or qualified, um, you know, what the, what the situation was at that, like earlier in the process, you know, like you've got more clarification and you can put your energy where you need to put your energy and where you deserve to put your energy rather than living in this like mind fuckery of doubt yeah. where you're like psychoanalyzing everything they do and like reading through texts and mm. being like, oh, you know, is this something? Is this not something? I'm so scared of like being told no. I think that if you just rip the Band-Aid off yeah. and have that conversation mm. this, like sooner or when you are like when those feelings start to bubble up, you kind of just like 
you're, you know, eliminating any sort of or mitigating any sort of additional hurt or unnecessary hurt that you can be bringing on yourself. And I hate to sort of, I guess, end that segment on, I guess, a bit of a lower note. Um, But what happens after this? Well, I think everything that we just spoke about, it pretty much sums up the closed lost deal, right? If if it's not, conversation hasn't gone the way that you wanted it to, you've been given an answer that you probably weren't wanting. I think, you know, we close that chapter and we move on. Just quickly before we move on to the last sort of stage in our dating process, if you are putting somebody, you, you're closing that chapter essentially, do you guys put them on the back burner if you're the person? Because I think if you're the person that's ending that situation, you kind of hold a bit of power if you know that that person wanted a little bit more. And be honest, have you both ever, you know, when you've sort of let somebody down, kept them on the back burner a little bit just in case? No. No. I, um, no. I have of let people down softly and much to your frustration, Rav, where you've been like, no, you're letting this person know that there is potential. Like when I'm, when I say something like, you know, I'm busy at the moment or I just don't have the time to be focusing on this. But in my heart of hearts, I know that I'm not going to come back to that. Mm, I'm pretty open. I'll go, I've met someone. So I'm kind of putting all my energy into this person. Um so I'm I'm jumping off these apps, or um, if I know that you know we've we've basically been speaking because of the because we're after a relationship, um, I'll totally be like, yeah, cool. Um, you're not going to hear from me because of this. So, and hopefully this might be just the last point, but I think for like the demo component and the review component, I think there are sometimes situations where people will put you in these specific scenarios that will make you want to accelerate the negotiation review process. So for example, I've had mates who have done this and I've been very annoyed at them is that they will introduce their partner to their friends or their family, mingle with them. And they'll be like, Oh, okay. Things are pretty serious. And they're like, no, we're just, we're not serious at all. And then I was like, look, do whatever the fuck you want in your relationship. That's totally up to you. However, if you're putting up very clear signals that you mean more to me than just the average person on the street, and I'm introducing you into my sacred world of my friends and my family, that mm. sends a really strong signal to someone. Yeah. And if you're doing that and you're then shocked all of a sudden that someone's like, hey, what are we? Um, that Like you've got to have a little bit more EQ mm. than, yeah. than that, right? And, and I see a lot of people do that. And I think it probably happens to women more than men, I'm assuming. Um, I've certainly spoken to a lot of women who are like, yeah, I've met his friends and his family and we go on trips together and all that. I'll be like, oh, okay, cool. This is nice. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, then I'll speak to the guy. I'm like, yeah, things are going pretty good, eh? And they're like, yeah, no, we're just still seeing each other. I'm like, mate, you fucked up because you're throwing yeah. some heavy signals yeah. down. I've, uh, yeah, I've definitely heard multiple um, stories from my wider friendship group of like girls going away on like long week with guys they've been seeing and then like getting ghosted mm. and things like that like it's um yeah it's fraught with danger and just shitty behavior yeah i think once that chapter is closed let's just leave it closed and move right along so on the flip side of that let's say everything's gone well you've moved your dating deal into closed one status congratulations you're in a relationship pretty self-explanatory you make us sick 
enjoy all your missionary sex and brunches where you look at your phones and you don't speak to each other. God, I love that. I love being like on a first date and you just see someone who's been together for ages and it's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just going to revel in the first date glory for a little while. But I'd say a single thing to each other. No one's talking. And yeah, just it's fucked. That's something I'd never want. I know. Like, you know that like one person's like seething on the inside being like, oh, I'm going to have to go home and do the vacuuming. And oh, that other person hasn't even like done their domestic chores for this week and then the other person's like zoned out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we need to unpack that any further, but it's like obviously (laughs) obviously none of us have moved any any of our prospects into that stage. We're still actively in the lead gen and qualification stages, I think. We are. We are. Oh, and demo. We love to demo. Oh, God, do we love to demo. I'm I'm demoing to all of uh, of Brunswick at some stage. (laughs) Lottie, is that you hinting at um, a potential OnlyFans dropping soon? Oh, damn. Um, hey, sign I, me up. I'll, I'll fucking sign up to that immediately. Imdad, <laughs> take me on a drink just, first, no, no, I, Oh, you don't want money first? All right, fair enough. I will take you on a drink. <laughs> I'm a fierce, independent woman. I don't need your cash. So this has been a pretty big episode and um, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Um and obviously, I hope my parents never listen to this one. But uh, anyway, I'd love to, well, we would love to hear whether or not this resonates to anybody listening. I think um, Rav and myself and him dad, a lot of our friends work in the same industry. So we talk about this analogy quite a lot, but would love to hear if anybody else has sort of had the same experience. Obviously, you can slide into any of our DMs. Um, Probably not him, Dad's, because it sounds like he's got quite a few to get through. Um, but <laughs> mine and Rav's are open. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. <laughs> also, did we just make an entire podcast episode where we detailed all of our preferences yeah. for potential matches? We did. I think so. Yeah. I'm sending this to everybody I match with on all of the apps including Instagram. Save a lot of time. I think that's a great idea. That's a really smart idea, actually. That's great. And if they still jackhammer, then you're like, you're a fucking moron. (laughs) You didn't listen to it, did you? You lied to me. (laughs) (laughs) We need to find the timestamp of when we talk about that and get them to listen to that section specifically. Yes. And I think you can, like, I know that there is software that you can do this with, but I think, like, if you, like, timestamp it and then, like, send them that little snippet, be like, so I want to jackhammer through this sales process as quickly as I can. Here are some key points to yeah. take note of. Love it. Um, and I hope that you all do the same. So please, when you're going through your dating processes, your individual processes, feel free to share this episode around with all your prospects just to save yourself some time. 100%. And on that note, peace out. Love you lots. Chat to you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 